Greetings and welcome to another <clears throat> episode of uh, Grasshopper's Patriot Podcast. Uh, I wanted to build on something from my last, <clears throat> um, from my last um, uh, episode that I did uh, just uh, yesterday. I wanted to build on uh, the idea of nullification. I want to build on this idea because basically nullification um, done through the states and the state legislatures, as I mentioned, if you haven't listened to the last episode I did, um, just go back and listen to that. Uh, It has to do with nullification of unconstitutional federal law. That would be when... Uh, the Congress passes a law and it's signed into law by the president that is unconstitutional. The states can recognize that the, that law is unconstitutional and it can nullify that federal law, meaning that they can basically ignore that federal law. Um, and as I went into it on that last, uh, that last show... Um, most people will uh, invoke the supremacy clause uh, in that federal law supersedes uh, any state or local state law or local ordinance or law and um, just to recap a little bit so if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the other one you can kind of uh, get a little bit of the background in pursuance thereof, it states that federal law supersedes uh, state law only when uh, that law is in pursuance of the Constitution. In other words, if it violates uh, any part of the Constitution or it uh, it usurps uh, some authority that is not given uh, to the federal government in the Constitution. Uh, then the states have the right and the ability to uh, to go and nullify such law. But what I want to talk about today, uh, and I'm going to give a couple examples. Um, there was a guy that ran for governor of Florida back in, I don't remember, I want to say 2010. His name was uh, Adrian Wiley. He was the Libertarian that year, and uh, which I actually voted for for governor. Um, I, I don't really subscribe to not all of the the Libertarian platform, but there are a lot of uh, the the general idea of it. I really you know kind of tend to agree with. I think that they they go a little far on a couple things, but um, I I really. Uh, admire the libertarian uh, stance of, um, you know, just government stay out of our business. I kind of like that. <clears throat> Once again, I think that 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 that's pretty much the. I mean, that's pretty much the story of America. You know, keep the government out of our business and allow us to operate as we want to operate and do what we want to do and carve out our own path. So, this guy, Adrian Wiley, he, um, he proposed uh, when he was running. I mean, obviously, he only got a couple percent of the vote. That's, 
Um, that's pretty customary for a libertarian running for anything. Um, but he had this one uh, thing that he proposed. It was called an intra, not inter, but intrastate uh, commerce <clears throat> legislation that he was suggesting that the legislature uh, should take up. And it's really interesting. When, when you look at the Constitution and you see the limits placed on the federal government, it specifies exactly what they're allowed to do and also um, some things that they're not allowed to do. But for the most part, in Articles 1, 2, and 3, as it outlines the, the three branches of government, pretty much just states what these branches are allowed to do, what they have the authority to do. So uh, this interesting uh, commerce uh, legislation that he was uh, bringing attention to basically states that because Congress only has the legal authority to regulate commerce with foreign nations, the states, at the time it was the few states because it was only 13 at the time, and, and also with Indian tribes. So because Congress is given the authority to regulate commerce that goes to foreign countries or that is between states, they do have uh, some leeway there in order to uh, in order to regulate uh, commerce to some extent. To what extent, it doesn't really say, and that part is subjective or pretty much arbitrary as to however they want to do it. But if they're able to justify it as interstate commerce, which is between states, then you know. Technically, they're within parameters, constitutional parameters. So, um, this intrastate commerce uh, legislation basically states that if a state produces a particular product within that state and only sells and distributes to individuals and businesses within that state, that whatever commerce is going on with that particular product or those particular goods does not fall under the authority of the U.S. Congress. Hence, taking away um, Congress's ability in D.C. to regulate commerce of whatever that product is. So, you know... Okay, some examples. Um, we've got federal drug laws. And there are certain... Now, of course, there are a lot of state laws against uh, a lot of the same drugs. But if you look at a federal drug law where the federal government says that whatever uh, substance or whatever drug is banned under federal law or that's scheduled as such as to not be allowed or to be prohibited, then 
if that particular substance or drug was made within a state and the state had no problem with it being produced or distributed, if they produced it within the state and only sold and distributed it within the state, then technically the Congress would have no constitutional ground to stand on when they would try to go after that state for producing and distributing that substance or drug. Uh, Another great one, and this one is probably a little bit more practical because you you won't find a lot of people that that are for, you know, letting drugs run rampant everywhere. That was just my first example. But this is a better example. This is the example of uh, firearm restrictions. So let's say the government, once again, uh, like when they had the assault weapons ban um, back in the 90s, or what they call assault weapons. You know, these people don't know uh, even what constitutes an assault weapon when they use the term it's a purely political term and it's ridiculous that um, that we even allow them to use that as a as a term when drafting legislation but anyway um, like the assault weapons ban that bans certain types of guns or weapons now technically if you pass so this intrastate uh, commerce uh, legislation and this were to get through any state legislature well, then basically what would happen is you would start to produce those particular, those said banned firearms uh, within your state, but you would only sell them to people in your state. They would not cross state lines. That in turn takes the constitutional authority away from Congress um, when it comes to restricting the production and the distrib- the sale and distribution of those weapons. So you can kind of see that when the government tries to get involved in any kind of commerce, when the federal government tries to uh, regulate to the point where it hurts a state, if that's something that they might ha- they happen to produce uh, that is... Um, an in-demand uh, type product, then states can uh, take these measures uh, in order to uh, kind of circumvent whatever federal laws that they might um, that they might uh, end up passing um, in regards to commerce. Um, I found this one interesting because with the nullification, it was basically nullifying an unconstitutional law. In this case, um, you could you could basically say that if Congress um, attempts to regulate commerce in such a way that technically that would not be unconstitutional; it would be constitutional. But this is a constitutional way for the states to work around that and to still be in line with um, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment with the states being able to, you know, act as sovereign states and also 
um, recognizing the authority that is given to Congress to regulate the commerce, but recognizing that it's only interstate commerce, meaning only commerce that moves between states. Uh, so this is an interesting. Um, you could, you know, you could look stuff on this up, but it's a great thing to uh, uh, mention this to your state legislators, um, to your state representatives and your state senators, because uh, I don't think that this is talked about enough, and I think that it needs to be, it, it needs to be out there at least on the table uh, and part of the discussion because. You know, there are times when Uncle Sam uh, does things that maybe they're allowed to do, but <clears throat> but um, might have a detrimental um, or a negative effect on um, a particular um, economic staple in a particular state. So uh, this was just another uh, little something to, uh, you know... Uh, I love the Constitution. I love to, to study it. I love to, you know, dive into all the nuances and really get into uh, the details of, um, you know, all the, the great things that are that are contained um, with within this founding document because it's it's amazing. It's awesome, and the founders they had such uh, they had such foresight. And they were able to see so many things. Um, maybe not everything, but they were able to see so many things ahead of time. And they were really able to, to give us the tools to, to, to navigate through these uh, uh, tumultuous uh, times that we're going through right now. So uh, once again, uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode on nullification, go listen to that one. That goes a little bit more in depth into uh, nullification or state nullification of uh, unconstitutional federal law. That's a that's a really good one uh, to listen to before you listen to this one. But now you've heard this one, so to get the background, go back and listen to uh, the other one to uh, get the rest of the story. Uh, until next time. Grasshoppers Patriot Podcast and signing off.